the halls. All right, uh, now it is my privilege to introduce uh, Justine Morris. Most of you know Justine already, but she is going to share a cool message for us today. So bring her up with a good round of applause. Thanks. Thanks, Raj. He said I was going to do a cool message. Is that what you said? That's unfortunate. Lower your expectations. Um, could I get the house lights up, guys? Well, good morning. I'm going to sit today because all of my energy is diverted to growing a child. You are getting the leftovers. Um, <laughs> also, this week, uh, the baby's sitting on an artery that makes you faint. And so <laughs> this week I've had a few interesting moments. But Kara said that if it happens during the sermon today, that she'll just cry out, she's slain in the spirit. But if someone could call 911, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> uh, I have the clicker, guys. Thanks. <laughs> They're all looking for it. Um, I'm going to stand as much as I can. Is that okay? But it's difficult. So, um, first, don't agree to preach when you're pregnant. Gentlemen, pop that in your brain. <laughs> Never agree to that. Um, second of all, uh, um, Kurt asked me to do this slot today um, because my name's been on today's date for about six months. And... Um, he had me on rotation for every other month, but I've been too uh, morning sick slash whatever happens when you become an incubator um, <laughs> to say yes. So I've been declining, declining, declining. So some of you probably have never met me. Hi, I'm Justine. I'm part of the teaching team here at Lake Sam, but I have been out of action. I guess I am going to sit. <laughs> Um, for a while, and it's been really discouraging, honestly. It just feels like your life gets taken away from you. Uh, well, for me, personally. Um, some people, um, like my wonderful mother-in-law, says she's never felt better when she's pregnant than when she's pregnant. And I say, that is awesome. I want to, like, rub up against her to try and get some of that. Whatever that is, I would like to bottle it and drink it. Um, but, uh, but as I prepped for today, well, and Kurt kept saying, I just really want you to take that date. I just really feel like it's for you. And I kept saying, I just, I don't trust myself when I'm not feeling great. Have you, ever, you know what I mean? You're like, I just, I'm not going to be as funny as you expect me to be. I'm not going to be like, I'm usually very, uh, witty and on the ball, I, I think. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm just not, you know when you just don't feel great, you know. And so I didn't, pride said, run away, run away. And, uh, but I kept praying about it. And, and the topic for today that I feel God has stood on my heart actually makes me the perfect fit to deliver it half incapacitated. So, um, so I'm actually excited to share with you because um, I think God has something to say to us today. And I've been living it. <laughs> and probably you have too. Um, last week, so we're in our Empowered series. And uh, last week, who was here last week? We um, were at the end of Luke 8 and Jesus is commissioning the disciples and sending them out um, for ministry, right? And they went out in twos. And so at the end of service, we um, were prayed for, hands were laid on, and we were sent out, commissioned. Was your life like radically changed overnight? Who had the most different week of their lives ever? Wow. I'm actually, that is awesome. Four. Good. I'm not really preaching to you this today, but keep going. 
No, I... Um, who, sa- who would think, well, it was kind of same old, same old week? Like, yeah, yeah. Did you notice God give you extra opportunities? Did you feel a little more bold? Anyone? Felt a little more? You're like, yeah, 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 I'd give myself a C in the grade department. Yeah? So we got our A pluses. We're like, yes. And then and what about anyone think... I spent most of my week trying not to pass out. I'm not sure I was empowered at all. Anyone else feel a little like me? Yeah, anyone? Would you give yourself a fail? Anyone? Pretty sure I failed this week. Yeah, so so much for commissioning and being sent out. Man, it disappointed? Anyone feel disappointed? Silence. Not willing to admit it? What do we do when we want what God has for us and we fail in it? <laughs> Ever felt that way? What do we do about that? Well, what if there's no such thing as succeed or fail? What if that's not actually real? What if we invented that? Because we see it all around us, and it's a a system that we have grown up in, right? Pass, fail, succeed, fail, right? What if God isn't measuring you at all? What if empowerment has nothing to do with the task? What if we're the ones grading ourselves and it's keeping us from the real purpose of empowerment. That's what we're going to talk about today. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ed Bechtold is praying for us this morning. Thank you, Ed, so much. I would like more house lights too, guys. I know, high maintenance, but I really like to see the, the whites of their eyes. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Go ahead. Lord, we thank you for your truth. <coughs> Excuse me. We pray that you help us to receive what you have for us today. Strengthen Justine and, and bless her. And help us to realize we truly are commissioned and uniquely gifted to reach people. So help us open our eyes to those opportunities as they come along today mm-hmm. and throughout the week. And also pray for my home church at a little Baker Assembly of God Church in Montana, that you would encourage the, the pastor and the people there in a small location and wondering if they're making a difference. I pray that you would enable them to make a difference in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 More, more lights, guys. But just bring it up like it's summer. Aren't you glad it's a little cooler today? No? more. I don't know if you're turning them up, but I'd like more. <laughs> you're, that's as high as the lights go? Okay, if you have cell phones, just pull them out and light your face. Just like hold them <laughs> under. <laughs> All right, so last week, Kurt um, shared this verse with us. I never know which way to click this. There we go. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece beautiful. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we were created anew to do good things, yes? Pass or fail? Did you do good things this week? Okay, do you think God's pleased with you? So here's the first half of the verse. God saved you by his special favor when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Um, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. We can do the good things. 
Anyone else like find that like contradictory? <laughs> or I mean, and here's the thing, it's eight, nine, and ten of Ephesians two. These are these live together, these verses. We should probably never separate them. Um, one of the beautiful things about Yahweh, our God, is that he is bigger than our brains. Amen? So good. And uh, often in scripture, we find these couplings of concepts that go together because both are true. We talked about this another time um, when I shared about concurrent truths. They don't negate each other at all. They exist together. And so we have this where we are not saved by anything we do. You may, you may know this verse as, for it is by grace we have been saved. It's grace. We're God's kids because he just lets us be. <laughs> but at the same time, we were created to do stuff. And um, I think we are not great at living in concurrent truths. I think we like to plant ourselves at one end. And if you had to choose between grace and good deeds, what do you think Christians should do? Grace or good deeds? What do you think the world expects of us? Good deeds. Right? Because, I don't know if you've ever met anyone that's like, well, yeah, grace. I can do whatever I want. Which Paul addresses, right? He says you haven't been set free so you can keep doing the same old junk, right? So we know that's not true, but there is an element of this grace, grace, grace. Do you understand his grace? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't change a thing, right? If only the world could see that outworked in our lives. But that, it's hard to manifest that, isn't it? Because it can kind of look like you mess up and go, God loves me. And, you know, <laughs> and the world says hypocrite, right? And so I think then, as believers, we think, well, I really got to do those good works. I need to. I mean, that's what the world is looking at, right? Um, I would like to say that his grace produces a response of good works, right? I mean, there are days when I'm like, I just love Josh. I just do. I'm totally going to cook him food today. <laughs> like, it's just like a response, right? And there are other days where I'm like, oh, it's so great you're home from work. I have no plan for dinner. It's not that I didn't love you, but our, his love for me doesn't change. My love for him doesn't change. It's just, you know, it's nice to do a response versus a, I guess I got to cook you dinner, right? I mean, <laughs> sometimes you just do it because you should. But if we keep doing that with our God, we get bitter and mad, and we start to look junky, don't we? So we're in a pickle, wouldn't you say? Grace works, and we need both. Well, I have a friend coming to help me. Um, Jesse, could you bring my friend up, please? Thank you. Let's just put him up high so everyone can see. Could you put him over here? Yeah, right there. Anyone know who this is? Aw, look at you. Thomas. So my uh, three-year-old was so mad that we were bringing Thomas to church, not for him, today. I was like, I need him. He's going to help me today. And he was like, no, like just that three-year-old man-child anger. <laughs> Surprising, yeah. Um, so anybody know anything about... Uh, Thomas, the train, where he lives, on an island, nice. Who does he work for? Anyone know? Sir Topham Hatt, the conductor of the railway. Do you know what Thomas's highest goal is? To be useful, really useful, a really useful engine. That's Thomas's highest goal. Because do you know what happens? If he is a really useful engine, guess what happens? So Topham Hatt says, oh, you're a really useful engine. And then Thomas smiles really big. 
and he might even get a fresh paint of coat, a fresh paint of coat, no, fresh coat of paint. He might get to lead the parade. He might get to carry the special special. Huh? Thomas fans, if you don't know what a special special is, I really don't know how to explain it to you. It's like, it's like a special job, but it's like a special, special job. I don't even, yeah. Well, my kids um, want to be really useful. They're learning from Thomas. It's great. Written by a reverend, by the way, the Thomas series. Um, but you know, when I'm emptying sharp knives out of the dishwasher, I do not want them to try to be really useful. But it's ended in tears a few times. And especially three-year-old, he says, I just want to be really useful. Which is sweet. And at the same time, I kind of want him to stop loving Thomas. <laughs> because there is a problem with this doctrine. Because we are not machines made to complete a task. And God is not watching to reward the really useful ones. And by the way, punish the not useful ones for anyone that's watched. And every episode, Thomas and his buddies wrestle um, against their character issues, integrity choices. I mean, they're really dealing with some human issues that is great serenity right we love our kids to learn this stuff but at the end of the day there is such a strong works mentality in this show i'm like and in the books i kind of reword them but now our six-year-old can read it's unfortunate because she says that's not what it says and i'm like <sighs> but is our god like sir topham hat and are we like trains completing tasks on a railway no, <laughs> no, and, and here's a couple uh, reasons why. Um, so Topham Hat can't do the work without the trains, right? He can't pull heavy loads. He can't go into the mine and haul out st rocks from the quarry and everything that the trains do. He needs those trains to execute plans. Is God like that with us? Does he need us? If we don't do the task he assigns us, is he stuck? Like, did he create an army of machines to execute his plan because he can't be everywhere at the same time doing everything that needs to be done? No. No. He doesn't need us at all. In fact, wouldn't it be better if he just did it? <laughs> Somebody needs healing, and we're like, don't worry, God's going to show up and touch you in person and heal you himself. That way there's no middleman. It's just less messy that way. Foolproof every time healing. Wouldn't that be better? And yet God says, no, I want you to be part of my plan. <laughs> Thomas, can you take him away, Jesse? I'm sick of him. <laughs> Literally. Aren't you, Serenity? Yeah. <laughs> I've tried to introduce other things for him to enjoy, but Thomas, when, what is it about Thomas? <laughs> All right. So, um, so here's the thing about our works. God made you magnificently. You have gifts and talents. Um, you are amazing. And he doesn't need anything you have. He gave you unending giftedness. And he has no need for it. <laughs> right? He just did it because you are his masterpiece. Because he just loves to fill us with beautiful things. But he has no requirement of them. But who here loves to use their gifts? A and feel good, like when you're like, I did that. And actually, I'm one of the only people that could have done that. <laughs> this is a unique gifting I have. 
and I did that, and I feel good. That fulfillment feeling, don't you love having that? Have you ever had a job that doesn't use your gifts at all, and you leave work every day? You don't know whether to cry, eat yourself to sleep, stay up and watch weird TV. Like, you just are like, I've got to do something to cope with the fact that I am so unfulfilled right now, right? So God put these gifts in us, and he knows how much you enjoy using them. And so he says, be part of my plan, which is great, right? Empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not about those gifts at all. And here's why. In John 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. If any remain in me and I remain in them, they produce much fruit. So this is about fruit that comes from being in relationship with Jesus. Because don't we know there are people in the world that have no relationship with Jesus and are still gifted and magnificent and amazing, right? Okay, so we're talking about something else here. Um, But without me, they can do nothing. That's pretty hardcore, because I was just saying we can do all kinds of good things, right? So we're talking about something uh, extra, supernatural layers, things that you cannot achieve on your own. That's what we're talking about with empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yes? Tracking with me? I can't actually see you, so you're going to have to be like (laughs) verbal, (laughs) because you did not light your faces with your cell phones. Um, You should produce much fruit and show you are my followers, which brings glory to my Father. You should produce fruit, people, should. Anyone like cringe at the should word? Should. I loved you as the Father loved me. Now remain in my love. You should produce fruit. Tell me from this verse how you're supposed to produce, or how does one produce fruit? On their own? Being in relationship, wouldn't you say? So, you were created anew in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2, to do the good works that he planned for you. How do you do those good works? Sorry, a little louder? Remain in the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So he's not looking for you to be really useful with your gifts and talents. Have fun with those. They're beautiful. They're a gift from him. Enjoy, right? But he's not looking for you to use those to please him. You can. Have fun. Like, like, enjoy. If you paint, paint for God and offer it to him. There is nothing more fulfilling, right, artists? When you're like, this is for you, God. It's beautiful. Or whatever you do, crunch numbers helping God's cause, like it's beautiful, not what empowerment's about. Can we all agree? Okay. Fruit is a byproduct of our relationship with God. You can't fake it. The only way to be fruitful is to actually know God. That's tricky. (laughs) How do you know God? Tricky, right? It's hard to get to know my husband if, you, um, if you've tried. He does, he's not a conversationalist per se. What guy, Adam's smiling because Adam and Josh worked together in an office for a couple years and not a conversationalist, right, Adam? No. You can get to know Josh by watching him and being with him. And... And I've learned so much being married to him because I am verbal, in case you have not noticed. Um, And, uh, but Josh has taught me a lot. By the way, God is verbal. He speaks all the time and he's written his word for us. So we can get to know him that way. Additionally, he says, be with me. Watch me move and you'll know me. But how do we do that? Uh, (laughs) So I'm just going to do a little summary. 
We're not saved by what we do, but God has stuff for us to do. We're not machines made for tasks, but God has us do tasks. God does not need my help. He'd be better without us, right? Um, Yet his plan is us. So what is God up to? Why does he empower us? What's his point? And this is why I think there is no fail or success when it comes to serving God. We were made for love. God is love. Everything he does is motivated by his love for you. Everything. And so if he wants you to be empowered and not use your natural giftings, but use fruit and giftings that you don't possess on your own, his motive is love. There's something about empowerment that takes us into a relationship with God that we cannot get to without empowerment. Can you fail? Well, (laughs) this is a, now that I've said it out loud, I'm like, this is probably not a good uh, tactic to go down. Can you fail at love? Yes. Can you fail at real love? When you really are loved by somebody, So I have a friend, Steph. God gave her to me a few years ago. And literally, I've tried to find out her love language. It's like impossible. She won't tell me. I don't know how to bless her. I don't know what to do. For some reason, she continues to be my friend, and I add nothing to her life, like zero, nothing, right? But you know what's fascinating is I can't fail her. She's never said, man, you let me down. Because for some reason, her love is like you can't fail or succeed at real love. She's chosen to love me, and that's it. Have you ever had a friend like that? They're like a puppy dog. They just love you, (laughs) right? Sorry, like a, like a, uh, I I did not just call you a puppy dog, Steph. I don't know what just happened. (laughs) Weird, I don't know. Um, But you know what I'm saying? Real love. You cannot fail or succeed or really measure real love. Okay. Also, when I'm pregnant, I cry for no reason. So I'm crying right now. (laughs) So here we go. The tasks are not why God asks you to do tasks. He's asking you to do tasks so you can spend time with him. The healings you are praying for are not your business. They're his business. Who heals? You? Who heals? Okay. When you pray for someone to be healed, how do you know that you have succeeded or failed in that moment? Would a healing make you feel like you'd succeeded? Wouldn't that be great? You'd be like, check, I'm a really useful engine. Wouldn't that be great? But that's not why God asked you to pray. It has nothing to do with it, honestly. It's his business. He can have angels turn up. In fact, there are tribes in this world right now, alive, who people are getting to them for the first time ever, and they're saying, yeah, the angels said you were coming. God doesn't need us. Come on. Right? But he invites us to be a part of it so we can be with him. And if you just step into it and be with him, that's it. There is no grade. That gives me hope. Can I tell you? Because in my week of sermon prepping, I, you know, I, would, I have natural communication gifts, I believe. This <laughs> I realize this, that just sounded really arrogant and weird, but, but I'm fine on the stage. I grew up on the stage. I have no problem being, I'm, I'm worse actually one-on-one with actual humans. You, you've noticed I'm awkward, but on a stage, this is great. No problem. Okay. Natural gifting. Awesome. Didn't get to have that this week in my sermon prep at all. I spent more time on the couch trying not to faint than feeling confident about preaching, you know? And I thought, 
why the heck? I didn't say heck, I used an expletive. Why <laughs> did I agree to this? Not an actual like major expletive, one of the little ones. <laughs> I just realized that all of you were like, what? And no, no, like a little, a PG one. Um, <laughs> there are PG ones, Greg. Oh, yeah. I love it when guys make pregnant jokes. It's really, like, comfortable. <laughs> anyway. But, you know, as I prayed, and honestly, I was like, God, get someone else. And he's like, you're going to be great because look at the topic. It's about you don't do a thing that God needs. And he's going to do everything. I mean, what freedom. That means there is no reason to not want to be empowered at the end. Because my reasons for not wanting to be empowered, I actually, oh, Kara, can I have my phone? I wrote them down. Because when you're pregnant, you forget things. <laughs> So I was like, what am I really afraid of? And so I don't forget, I wrote it down. And then I emailed myself. Anyone else email yourself reminders? Oh, thank Jesus for technology. Okay, so here, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that I will fail slash get it wrong. So a few years ago, I met a, a friend who um, can't have kids. And in that moment, I was like, oh God, I just want to pray for him to have kids. And then he'll know that you're God. But that's my idea, so I'm not going to do it. He just had a kid, you guys. Oh, man, so I'm afraid. Like, it holds me back. I could have prayed. Uh, you know, have you ever done that? Yeah. Um, I worry that it's me, not God. I worry that it was my idea, and then it's not him. Again, does it matter about the task? Really? If it's bigger than me, then it's quite possibly God. <laughs> that could be our new rule. Like, if it's not within my natural giftings, then perhaps this is a God opportunity. And then exhaustion. I just can't add anything else to my life. There was a, um, the stop and go. Do you guys have the stop and, uh, stop and pray, stop and go, stop and pray cards, right? Um, by the way, we never started the clock at the back of the room, so I have no idea how long we've been going. So it's just as well it's a nice, cool day. You, you have coffee. We can keep going, right? Um, the, so my, my six-year-old was like, what is that card I have it in my car? She said, what is that? Stop and pray. And I was like, well, we're just praying that God would give us opportunities. And we were going to the grocery store, which is a feat unto itself to take children to a grocery store. <laughs> so I have a lot of friends that use like Safeway.com or AmazonFresh.com because they will not go into a grocery store. So anyway, and I was like, it's this thing. She goes, can we pray? And I was like, oh, yeah, let's pray. So I had her pray, so then it wasn't my responsibility. I mean, I was educating her how to pray. And... Um, <laughs> So we get done, we get out, it's really hot. I wrangle them in. They want to ride in that truck tr cart. And I said no, and I just wanted to get in and out. I think it was like eggs that I needed. And um, anyway, she says to me, Mommy, it's a lady from church. And she'd spotted her two aisles down, and I was like, no, 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 no. Not because I didn't want to, but you guys, I'm frazzled, I'm tired. I just want to get my eggs and go. And as I walked down the aisle, I just was like, what am I doing? So I turned back around. It was so lovely. Um, just, I, I was so grateful that it was somebody we knew, that God would honor my daughter's prayers and put somebody from our church family that we know right? A safe human being, not just some random person that she's like, that's the one. No, you know, because, <laughs> but it was a safe human being. God had our lives collide. We had a lovely chat. It was wonderful. I was so grateful. And I went home and took a nap. 
because I could, and that's great. But these are the things I'm afraid of. Margins aren't there. Uh, who else? Super busy. And you're like, well, I would stop and do something for Jesus, but I have an appointment to get to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the things I'm afraid of. Anyway, just to be honest with you, do we need an intermission? Are we good? <laughs> By that, I mean an, I need an intermission. <laughs> Sorry. Sitting down on the job. Um, we're going to look at a story to wrap this up. Um, it's a story that's been on my heart for a while, actually. Women at Women's Retreat heard me share a little bit from it in March. And it just hasn't gone from my heart. Have you ever felt that way? Like when you, God puts a story in your heart and you're like, wow, I just keep obsessing over that scripture. <laughs> um, so that's how I've been. Probably also, I've been laying on the couch feeling sick for so long, like I literally haven't thought about anything else. Maybe that's part of it too. Thanks for laughing, Kara. Um, but I think this beautifully illustrates what God is trying to do in our lives through empowerment, okay? So you could preach four million sermons about the passage we're going to look at. I'm taking a slice of it, okay? And uh, funnily enough, Kurt barely touched it uh, when he passed through it if, like last month. Which I was like, oh, I guess God wants me to do it then. Bummer. You know? Greg? Haven't you felt that way? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here we go. And uh, I'm going to take some liberties because that's what I do. Okay. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. It's the Sea of Galilee. So they got into a boat and started out. And as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. So picture it, fishermen, at least four of the disciples were really fishermen. This was their home lake. Like they knew it like the back of their hand. And you know, when Jesus says, let's go, they're like, oh yes, master, of course we'll say yes. They probably picked a really good boat to rent. You know, can't you just see the ones that are like, I'll pick the boat. I know what I'm doing, right? Picked a great boat. And then they started sailing and Jesus fell asleep. And can't you just see the guys? Aw, Jesus fell asleep. He has been tired. <laughs> this is good for him. It's really good that he knows he can trust us. You know, he can trust us. So that's sweet that he's sleeping. I mean, can't you just think about the guys, right? They're in the boat. It's about a two-hour crossing at this point. It's about 11 miles, 8 to 11 miles at the point where they were crossing. And it was just a little two-hour boat ride. Um, and a fierce windstorm came down on the lake, which actually is not uncommon for this region, BT dubs. Uh, by the way, just making you all cooler than you were when you came in, <laughs> BT dubs. <laughs> This is what I was afraid of. No filter when I'm pregnant. Barely any filter when I'm not pregnant. Definitely no filter now. Okay. A fierce windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in real danger. So I just want to point out, not pretend danger, right? They weren't just being like, oh, I got a little wet. I'm afraid. This was legitimate. They were in real danger. And I wonder if the guys were like, wow. He's still asleep? Like he's sleeping through this? That's nice that he can sleep. He's still asleep, guys. I wonder if they were like trying to be loud. I wonder if anyone like accidentally kicked him as they were like trying to not fall over the boat. You know, sleeping like a baby, which is not actually true. Sleeping like not a baby. Um, <laughs> and they went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing and Mark, the version in Mark says, do you not care that we are perishing? Whoa, heart change. Bad attitude came with the storm, right? Because <laughs> they were all like, yeah, yeah, we got it. Jesus can sleep. And now they're mad and afraid and 
And he woke and rebuked the wind, which actually that word rebuke is fascinating. Muzzled, silenced, um, depowered it, like um, removed power from it. Just said stop. And they ceased and there was calm. And then he asked them, where is your faith? The Amplified Version says, and he said to them, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith, your trust, your confidence in me, in my veracity, in my integrity? Don't you know me, guys? Where did you put your faith? And I think they put their faith in, in four main areas <laughs> that I could come up with. There may be more. The first one is their giftings and abilities. Skilled sailors, right? Their faith was in, I know how to sail the waters. I've done it before. In fact, Jesus can sleep, no worries. I got this. And their abilities ran out. The storm was bigger than their expertise. And their faith was in themselves. And when it ran dry, freak out. Ever done it? <laughs> I'm in over my head, and so I will leave. <laughs> I am uncomfortable with the situation, therefore I am not going to even go there. Right? We like to be where we're skilled. We don't want to look stupid. Nobody wants to look stupid. Right now they're looking stupid. This is not great. The second thing is... Um, the boat, they had faith in their resources. They trusted that boat, well-built, hand-picked. They rented the right boat, right? Well, the boat was falling apart. <laughs> it, had, it had reached its end. It was not fit to overcome the storm, and they freaked out. Ever had your resources disappear? especially financial, right? Freak out. Because there is wisdom in having resources. Isn't there? You don't just fritter away your stuff and have nothing when you need it. Well, faith in resources will run out. What about the guys? I think they had faith in their community. The guys in the boat. I wonder which one was the first to say, eh, that storm's a bit big. Like, I want, because we're talking fishermen. I wonder who was the first one to admit that they were feeling a little afraid. Like, how long did the charade go on? This is great, love storms, ha ha. And then, but at some point, their conversation switched over, and the guys, their community said, This is very bad. <laughs> this is very, very bad. And I am a, pa a person who's passionate about community, and I surround myself with people that I seek wisdom from. And I don't like it when my community fails. <laughs> I don't want that, right? But sometimes it does. The third thing is the lake. They knew this lake. This was their home turf. They had sailed it countless times. And sometimes our wisdom and past experiences dictate where we put our faith. Oh, I've done this before. I know how this is going to go down. And I put my faith in my knowledge. Oh, you have a problem? I know how you can fix it. Because I've walked through that. So, there you go. Nice little answer for you. I didn't need Jesus at all to give you that answer. Because I'm wise. Right? Haven't we done it? And at some point, that stuff runs out. And Jesus is saying, where did you put your faith? In yourself? In your experiences? In your resources? In your community? You trusted all of those things and you didn't trust me? In my integrity? Now, I don't think... I wasn't there. <laughs> but I don't think he was mad. I think he was disappointed that the guys still didn't know who he was. You know? Don't you get that feeling? It's like, guys. Using our gifts for Jesus is not bad. 
using your resources for Jesus to build his kingdom, not bad. Would you agree? This is great. This is great. Use your gifts. Awesome. You know what is bad? Is when that's the end of what you do. Right? We need to run out of stuff. <laughs> we need to run out of confidence. We need to run out of expertise. We need to run out of resources, don't we? Don't we need to get in over our head? So we're like, God, help. And then he's like, you got it. See my magnificence. Calm the waves in an instant. And you're like, this is what they said. I love this. <laughs> and they were afraid, filled with awe and amazement. And they marveled, saying to one, one another, who then is this? That he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. You know what they're saying right there? Holy moly, this is God. I mean, they've had a lot of these experiences so far, haven't they? They shouldn't still be like, what? He's God? Like, they shouldn't still be having these, like, epiphany moments. Is that a word? Epiphany? <laughs> Score. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? This boat trip changed them. Again. Just like we need. Again. Don't we? Every day, don't we need to see the magnificence of God in a way that has us going, who is this God? He's incredible. Even that obeys him? Even that obeys him? Even that? This is unbelievable. It's, it's in, in the absence of everything we put our hope in that we see him for who he is. We see his great love for us. This is about love, isn't it? This empowerment thing. When God is saying, I have someone for you to pray for who is dying. And you say, past experience, no good. <laughs> uh, my confidence not here. I, I don't have a word from the Lord to like actually believe that it's going to be healing. Like all of, we don't, don't you rattle through? Anyone else think super fast like that where you're like, no, 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 oh, no, there's too many no's, I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> In all of those no's, you should be like, no, 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 oh, I'm going to need a really big God today. Okay. When God invites us to get into a boat with him, he takes us beyond ourselves. It's in the storm that we see him. Man, I don't like storms. <laughs> so what the disciples got, in a short-term example, is they were prepared for what was waiting for them on the other side of the lake. A legion of demons. If some of the guys had said, I got some errands to run. I'm going to walk around, catch it on the other side of the sea, and skipped the boat ride. And half the guys did the boat ride, and half the guys walked around the lake. And they all met up in the face of Legion. Do you think they would have had two different experiences? Because <laughs> one set of them is like, Legion? I don't know. No biggie. God is amazing. We just saw him do this amazing thing. And the other guys were like, Legion, what? This is bigger. No, this is scary. This is too much for me. That boat trip was a merciful gift to the disciples so they would know how big their God is, so they could face what God was taking them to, which again, by the way, had nothing to do with the task, right? Because <laughs> it never does. But he is bigger than legion. He is bigger than storms. He's bigger than it all. And, that, and we just need to know it. By the way, uh, is the miracle that Jesus calmed the storm or is the miracle that he was sleeping through it? Because we like him to calm stuff, don't we? We really like him to like be God and, right? That boss that's been annoying you, right? You know, the situation, like, we want him to be God in a sovereign way, kind of like the Jews were like, here comes our king, he's going to obliterate 
you know what I'm talking about. All of the Jews were believing that Jesus had come to be this king, this mighty warrior king, and he came in on a donkey and died. We would prefer the mighty warrior. You know what? Jesus was asleep in that boat because he's not afraid of when he's dying. P.S. He's really afraid of dying. If you're not sure, fast forward and he's sweating blood. He's so afraid. But he's not afraid of dying in a boat, in a storm. That to me is a bigger miracle (laughs) than him. At ladies retreat, I said something awkward, so I'm going to reword it today. So if Jesus is asleep in the boat and there's a big storm, should you be freaking out trying to sail the boat or should you just go lift his arm and get underneath and sleep too? Sleep too, right? (laughs) Not freak out. If God is not freaking out, do we need to freak out? Because sometimes I feel like, God, clearly you don't understand how bad this is. (laughs) So I am going to freak out and pray about my freak out incessantly so you can be as concerned about it as me. Have you ever, like, think about your prayer life. Haven't there been times when you're like, you are not afraid enough, God? Yeah. In the long term, what the disciples got was the ability to be the apostles of the early church, which was no easy job. It was very difficult to be the administration of the early church, to work out how to do things, to face that level of persecution from within and without the church, right? And then be martyred. Do you think they were able to do that because they were empowered to do a task or because they knew the magnificent love of God? I want that. (laughs) Not persecution and martyrdom. I want confidence in God, don't you? Okay. So here's the deal. I don't think that these works that God is asking us to do are about the task. But I still want to say yes. I want to say yes to anything that puts me in the boat. You know what I mean? God says, I've got a boat. Let's go for a boat ride. And I want to say yes every time, right? So uh, I, I did a mission trip once with a guy I had, I've n- had never met before, and he was in seminary, and he was writing a book about how the gifts were not for today, the spiritual gifts. You know, there are people, and maybe you feel that. You're like, well, the gifts are not for today. And, and, but he was writing a book about it, and he was trying to like, convince our whole youth team that they also did not need the gifts of the Spirit, especially not tongues. It's controversial, right? Well, we don't like it because we can't make it happen on our own. We don't like things when we can't make it happen on our own, right? And I just got like all bold. No, I was just me. I was my usual self and outspoken, and I just said to him, you know what? I hear you. The Apostle Paul says, some do this and some do that. You know the passage I'm talking about? There's a whole list of things. He's like, some prophesy. Some have a gift of this. Some have a gift of this. I do not want to spend my life explaining why I'm not some. I want to spend my life saying that if God says some prophesy, I'm some. And if some get to lay hands and see healings, I'm some right? Like if there is an ability for those to, to, I could be this every one of those some, yes, please, I want in the boat. I want to, you know, I don't want to spend my life explaining why we don't need the empowerment, how we're saved without it, which we are. Honestly, guys, we don't need the empowerment to be saved, right? We are saved by grace. We don't have to get in the boat. Stay on the shore. It's safer, but I don't want to spend my life staying on the shore. I want to get in the boat. I don't. I do. I don't. I, you know. So I'm in the boat. Here are some things that put me in the boat. Josh and I prayed about having more kids. We just had a feeling like we weren't done. We're quite old. We're f- almost 40. He's back on camera today. You guys want to wave? 
you're also waving to all the people that are watching. Isn't that great? Um, but we really prayed about it. And here's the thing. I, I have some genetic um, issues. And there are medical concerns too. There are lots of reasons for us to not have more kids. And we just felt like God said, will you get in the boat with me? So I don't know if this kid will have special needs or have the genetic defects that I have a predisposition for. A friend said to me, well, you have two healthy kids. Why would you tempt fate? I understand that. Don't you understand that train of thought? Like I get, totally get that. But you know what I thought? I'm going to need a really big God. So I should probably go with that. You know? So I'm in the boat on this baby. Tithing. Tithing puts me in the boat. Right? Because when your finances run out, you need a big God. Really big. Uh, preaching puts me in the boat. <laughs> especially this time. And you know what? Being empowered in the Holy Spirit puts me in the boat, specifically as a parent and a wife in my home, I need the empowerment of a really big God. And you might think, well, that's kind of silly. Well, you know what? I've run mission trips and Josh and I were the youth pastors here for almost a decade and we did all kinds of cool stuff where you needed a really big God. But it's the day after day after day of your child saying, why? Why, 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 why? That you need some empowerment. And it sounds like a joke, right? But all the mothers of small children said, yes. It's not a joke. That is beyond me. <laughs> That's beyond me. But I want them to know grace and love. So I need a really big God in my little tiny life. Is that okay? Yeah. It doesn't have to be tweet worthy or Instagram postable. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be like so great that you would include it in your Christmas letter. We, we're trying to live these big lives, aren't we? These ginormous lives. But you know, getting in the boat with God is about those little tiny things. It's about going into the grocery store and trusting that if he's going to bring somebody for you to talk to in the grocery store, even though you're frazzled and tired, that he's bringing it because of love. You don't have to feed a whole nation. You could just say hi to someone in the grocery store and experience the same magnificent God. Isn't that great? So, <laughs> what was waiting for the disciples on the other side of that lake? everything <laughs> like everything if they had stayed on the shore there was nothing that's how I feel about empowerment <laughs> so you may have not had a great week grade wise if we were going to measure our success right nobody got saved nobody got healed that's none of your business <laughs> but did you just get in the boat just get in the boat just pick up your pants and step in the water and get in the boat, right? That's all this empowerment thing is about. How do you feel about that? I feel excited that maybe the world could see our very big God and his grace and his love through our simple obedience for getting in a boat. That's easy. Isn't that easy? That's easier than needing to know that someone's going to get healed when you pray for them. That's too hard. <laughs> it's too complicated. Um, God is calling to you. He's whispering your name. Come get in the boat with me. Let's go for a ride. I want to pray over you. Uh, Ephesians three fifteen to 19. And I underlined some words, so you can close your eyes or you can read along whatever you'd like. But listen to the words that Paul is praying over the Ephesians. It just, oh, I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you 
with inner strength through his spirit, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Everything we crave is found in him. Adrenaline, adventure, peace, fulfillment, love, life is found in him. And it's on the other side of the boat, right? <laughs> Reach forward, would you? We're going to take communion. And then we're going to take up our offering as well. And I want to encourage you, you know, um, thank you. When we're taking communion, what we're taking on is Christ. We're saying, yes, I'm getting in the boat, basically, so as we take communion today, I'd like you to take it in your own time, if that's okay. If you could play something um, nice in the background, guys. That's nice. Yeah. Just take your time, and would you just talk to him? Everything he's done for you is about love. And take his body and his blood and say 